Hello and welcome to Tea with the Morale Queen with me, your Morale Queen, Millie Armstrong Clark. Now, it's currently Mental Health Awareness Week, so I wanted to have an episode where we delved into a lesser known area of mental health, and the one I've chosen is PMDD. Now, you might have heard of PMS or PMT. PMDD is a more severe condition which stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I feel like mental health around the menstrual cycle is an area that still isn't really talked about as much as other mental health conditions. So I'm chatting to Tanya Spence Kelly, who is currently fundraising for PMDD. It was really interesting to hear what she had to say, and I really hope it helps anybody out there that might be feeling the same way. So here we are, Tanya. Welcome to the podcast, Tanya Spence Kelly. Hello. Hi, Millie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. How are you doing? Not bad. How are you? Oh, great. Thank you. It's lovely and sunny here. Is it in, in Wales? Do you know what? It was really sunny at about five o'clock this morning and it woke us up setting so close the blinds properly. And then we went for a walk oh. at like seven o'clock and it was so foggy and it's still foggy now, but it's meant to get hotter later. So fingers crossed it'll brighten up. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I think it's meant to get to like 24, which never happens in Yorkshire, so I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, we get, we, we get quite a bit of sun sometimes, but we are closer to the equator, so that might be something to do with it. Uh, maybe, yeah. Hey, um, so for anyone that doesn't know, you're in, are you near Cardiff? Am I yeah, right? Cardiff, Cardiff Bay I live. Oh, lovely. And have you have you always lived there? Um. Yeah, I've lived in Cardiff for like the last 10 years, but before that I lived in, um, well, I grew up in a little seaside town where uh, they make a lot of steel, so quite industrial, so ah. then when I was like 18, yeah. so yeah. Oh yeah, oh, it looks like a lovely area where you are. Yeah, it's lovely. Cardiff's like such a beautiful city as well, it's like so small. When you go out clubbing, you can walk from like, you can walk to all the clubs, so there's no need to like get your taxis or... Ah, really? Yeah, it's a good night I don't out. think I've ever been to actual Cardiff. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to try it when I'm when I'm legally allowed out in the world again. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> still good on a rugby day as well because the stadium is in the city centre, so you can just come out of the stadium. Ah. It's like in the thick of it. It's so much fun. Oh, it sounds good. Have you um have you got a brew at the ready? I do. I have got my tea. What have you, what, what what's your tea of choice today? So I um today I've gone for pucker piece, which is um it's got chamomile and it's got hemp in it as well, so it's got CBD, and it's a it's a new one. That I've, oh yeah, I've only tried it once, so I thought I'd give this one a go today. It's quite nice. It's quite quite light. Oh, I'm nice. really into my herbal tea. So I saw on Instagram you got a big parcel of all different flavors yeah which looked interesting yeah 260 tea bags yesterday <laughs> oh really gosh well, that's what you need in quarantine isn't it exactly. something exciting like a tea yeah. <laughs> i got one of them you know them huge yorkshire tea bags oh like yeah a huge bag. yeah yeah one of them so because i was panicking because the supermarkets didn't have any yorkshire tea in at all oh really i don't know why yeah wow. I got toilet roll, couldn't get Yorkshire tea. I don't know what was happening? So <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily I've got that, so I'm fine. Yeah. But yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, what's your favourite 
flavour so far that you've had? Um, there's one by Twinnings or Twinnings, I don't know how to say it, called Glow. And it's green tea, aloe vera and cucumber. And it's just like lush. I have one every mm. single morning. It's beautiful. It's meant to make your skin really nice as well. Though I've not really seen those benefits yet. Oh, I just like the good. taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um I'm not hugely into herbal teas, but the ones that I have had, I really like um peppermint and mm. um ginger, not together, like separate. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think gin ginger seems to be really good for you, like and peppermint for your digestion. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, I only really got into them because I stopped drinking tea and coffee in January and I just thought, oh, what should I replace it with? So I got into my herbal teas. And the thing is, yeah. so many different types and it's so cheap to buy a box of tea, of herbal tea. But like, if you don't like it, it doesn't matter. So it's like a nice little treat. Yeah. And if people know you like herbal teas, they'll like pick you up boxes and be like, I bought this for you. And it's like, oh my God, oh. cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really nice when someone gets you something like really personal and thoughtful, even if yeah. it's just something simple like tea it's just nice isn't it yeah exactly and it's so inexpensive that people do like pick it up for you whereas if it's like oh I really like yeah, gin it's no. like oh I'm not gonna pick you up a 30 quid bottle of gin sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh thank you for um chatting with me um to give the um listeners a bit of context so I recently um have been struggling like around my period time um with like how I'm feeling physically how I'm feeling mentally so I joined um a Facebook group which is um PMDD support and um I happened to see a post from you Tanya um saying that you were doing um fundraising for PMDD by um running and singing at the same time which caught my eye so I thought I followed you on Instagram and every time you post I'm like oh I need to go out for a run and I just think it's such an amazing thing you're doing and every time I see a little bit more of your story I'm so interested by it I think what an inspiration because you've you've overcome depression um by getting really into your running haven't you yeah yeah oh thank you that's really sweet of you to say um yeah so I I got diagnosed with PMDD around a year ago and like the diagnosis at first I felt really relieved because like I've struggled you know on and off for my whole teens and my early 20s um so when I finally got diagnosed it was like oh my god finally I've got like kind of a a diagnosis which means I've kind of got answers and I can move forward with it and I can understand it and manage it and then those feelings of relief quickly turned to oh my god why wasn't this diagnosed sooner my life would have been so different like you know, I've been living with this since I was like 14, but it hasn't been picked up for like 12 years. This is really angry. And that anger oh. really turned into a really bad depression. And um, I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I went to the doctor's NHS and I said, look, um, they, they gave me a diagnosis and they said, oh, you know, all we can really do is give you antidepressants, come back in three months. If you want to speak to someone, we haven't really got any counselling services available, but go and speak to Mind, the mental health charity. So... I was kind of like, oh, I don't want antidepressants. I just want to learn. I want to speak to someone how to manage this. And I spoke to Mind. And they, number one, didn't know what PMDD was. Um, They had a six-week waiting list to speak to a counsellor. And then even then, the meetings got cancelled. So it was like, I was, you know, it's so hard when you're depressed to reach out for help. And then to find there isn't any help there was just like, you know, it, it, you know, it nearly killed me. It was awful. So um, I just kind of thought, right, I have to... Someone's going to help me. I have to help myself with this. And I just um, 
went mad on like a researching thing on like a self-development thing like trying to figure out all the different things I can do in my life to heal the depression but also manage the PMDD um and while doing that I came across the charity IAPMD and they do loads of research and um like help people that have got PMDD they focus just on on women and women that people that are assigned female at birth um that have got you know PMDD and PME and I found loads of resources and they were a big part of me getting better and also um managing my um PMDD so I thought I'm gonna do a fundraising challenge to raise some money for them so um oh, that's brilliant yeah so I, I mean running was quite a big part of me getting better getting outside you know when I was depressed going outside exercising and then also whenever I feel low with PMDD I'm like right I know if I go outside my brain and I go for a run my brain will release the chemicals to make me happy and you can't argue with that science so yeah running and then um I thought oh you know I'll do a challenge to raise some money and I thought well I can run but that's not really enough I need to run a long distance and I need to you know what can I do to make it a bit different so I thought I'll sing I'll sing while I'm running so um yeah I've been running I've done a hundred yeah. kilometers so far I've got 20 kilometers left to go I've raised about 500 pounds I'd like to raise a thousand um but everyone that's donated has requested a song which has been really cool so I've had some funny requests that I've had to sing while running around cars mm-hmm. so yeah it's been it's been good fun <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anybody running and singing before, like to get to like in a fundraising way. Um, yeah. What's been the most challenging song that someone said? Um, Shark Ulua. So Baby Shark, it wasn't a challenge, but it was really <laughs> embarrassing. And it was my niece and nephew that requested it. And I did it on a day that it was absolutely pouring down with rain. So I was soaking wet. Oh. And in with my phone out, singing and dancing to Baby Shark. I didn't record the first one as well, but I had to do it again. Um, but that was, yeah. that was quite good. And then another one, um, Laura, who is the, um, she looks after all the marketing for IAPMD, which is the charity I'm fundraising for. She requested I sing um, that Kate Bush song, Running Up a Hill, whilst running up a hill. So that was quite difficult. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh! It's, it's, and I've seen on Instagram you do you do film yourself as you do it, don't you? Yeah. So um, I was thinking I would get. Well, I thought at some point during this time I would get some kind of like stand that I could hold the phone on, but I've not come across one. So it's just been me singing, and then when people have requested songs, I record myself. And I'm running with my arms yeah. while singing, trying not to bump into people. The other day, I did run through a big pile of horse poo because I wasn't paying any attention. And I was, which uh, <laughs> was bad. But um, no, it's really <laughs> because like I'm focusing so much on the singing and the filming, like the running is just happening automatically. So suddenly I've done like 10K and I'm like, oh my God, I'm back home. And I didn't really notice I was running so much. So anyone that doesn't enjoy running, if you sing, the singing will distract you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it's brilliant when you when you get so into running when um you don't actually realize you're doing it yeah. I've done that before when when it stops being a slog and you get like oh I didn't I actually forgot what I was doing yeah exactly. nice feeling and when I was like kind of getting over my depression I used to listen to audiobooks and they would be like self-help audiobooks or like you know insightful audiobooks that I would put the speed up quite high so I would then run a little bit quicker, but be really intrigued by what I was listening to. That the running would just happen automatically, and I would just be so focused on the audiobook. So that's quite a. And then you, and then you're also you're feeding your brain with loads of interesting information and like different insights and stuff. So that's quite a a nice. That was actually quite a nice way for me to kind of get through the depression as well. To 
hear other people's stories oh, or yeah yeah I know what you mean there's um we're really lucky that we've got the internet and audiobooks and things we can learn from each other um that's one of the reasons I I joined those um Facebook groups for PMDD because I thought I just like you were saying the the doctors when I've spoke to them before they've been not not unhelpful but not they've not really pushed for me to get diagnosed or um they've been it's I've sort of got the impression that it's because obviously it's just having a period is such a normal thing to have yeah I'd still feel like there's a bit of stigma about talking about your mental health around it because it's just seen as like a well everybody gets it so yeah I know that's what I felt like yeah and when I well when I first got diagnosed with it I remember going and speaking I organized a meeting with HR and with my boss and I said look I've been diagnosed with this this is what happens every month. These are the symptoms. And HR was a woman and she's been in HR for years, head of HR. And she said, yeah, but we all get periods. We just have to get on with it. And I was kind of like, um, yeah, this is the reason uh, why there's such a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know I've got, I've sort of, even off female doctors, they've been really nice, but they've not, I don't think they've, took it as seriously whereas I feel like maybe if I'd just gone and said I was depressed in general yeah that might have got I think we're losing the stigma more with that which is brilliant but I feel like there's some areas where yeah still a bit of a gray area isn't it yeah absolutely and I mean with with my diagnosis I, I went to see three doctors the first two didn't know what it was and then the end I said look who is the best at mental health and women's health in this practice and they told me and I went to see him and I was just kind of and I was like look I have PMDD I know I have PMDD I've got all the symptoms these are my records that I've kept can you just give me that diagnosis and then he looked at my as well like on the system and he just turned to me and said yeah I know what it is you have got it and I was just like whoa what as simple as that yeah "Yeah, you've got PMDD that's your diagnosis and I was like whoa why did this take so long (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a relief isn't it when when somebody you just get that answer for something and it's just takes a weight off your shoulders having to research and yeah exactly look into things and it was almost like when I got that diagnosis would... it was like I then was empowered to take control and it was like I you know at first the depression came in and I fell into a massive hole but like JK Rowling said rock bottom is a very solid platform to start to you know to rebuild your life so well um yeah so oh, yeah after that I kind of like right I know what's wrong with me, so I've got the power to manage it and to be the best person I can be based on, you know, having a better understanding of myself and of my body. So it's time to kind of step up and, and step into that power. And now I'm like the happiest and healthiest I've ever been. But, you know, it's oh, because of that diagnosis and getting that. What would you say the difference between like PMS and PMDD is? PMS is manageable. So you, you're you a bit moody, you're a bit teary, but you can carry on, you can get through it. You know, 90% of women experience um, PMS. With PMDD, it's a lot more severe and it's almost like PMS on steroids. So for me, instead of being a bit teary, I just have uncontrollable floods of tears in public. And like, that's happened so many times in my life and I'm not knowing why. Um, it's, you know, with with PMS you're a bit sad with PMDD you'll hit with a massive depression like 
bang out of nowhere and um, you you kind of just get taken hold by it. Um, so it's almost like it, it is PMS on steroids. A lot of people describe it that way. It's just really, really extreme. And the way I think of it with me is I'm quite outgoing and bubbly and um, quite energetic. And when PMDD hits, it's like all that outward energy that's positive. PMDD then turns it inward and negative. And it's like I just kind of come into myself and I'm just like, oh, my God, like the hormones have changed in my body and my brain has changed the way it, the, it is and the way that it reacts. And it's, um, yeah, now that I now I mean, now that I've oh, known yeah. that researched it so much, it's it's not as scary, I guess. But like I remember being 14, crying my eyes out in my bedroom not knowing why I was crying or why I was sad um, and just being so scared. Um, and then, you know, having that feeling over and over and over again, you know, pretty much month in, month out, but getting so used to it that I kind of stopped worrying about it, I guess. And then it came yeah. to last year and it just got, I was just like, this isn't a normal way for me to feel at all. Like, why am I feeling this way every month? Like what the hell is going on? And, you know, I did. I never thought to link it to my cycle, really. I never thought, you know, this is something that could be triggered by my hormones. I thought this is just who I am. Um, so when it did kind of come to light that it was linked to my cycle, I was like, this makes so much sense. But yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, why am I only just finding out about this? Why wasn't I told when I was like 12? Like, oh, girls, let's do a lesson. By the way, when your hormones change, when you get older and you start your periods, you might feel this way. And you are allowed to talk about yeah. it. You shouldn't have to pretend everything's okay. And doctors should be able to kind of talk to you about PMDD or whatever it might be. You shouldn't have to kind of suffer in silence and yeah. spend your entire early teens and late teens and 20s thinking about your nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I think it should be more um, talked about in school because I don't, you know, you have a, like, I had like one lesson of sex education when I was at school and uh, that was about it. I can't really remember much of it, but um, yeah. I don't really remember. It was, I feel like it was just like, oh yeah, by the way, women get periods, you bleed yeah. a bit every month and then move on. I don't remember like even one lesson where you talked about it in detail, why you were having it, what you might feel. Yeah, exactly. Anything like that. Yeah. And there's like, you know, people, people say like, oh, you know, you, you get cramps and stuff and I thought that was the only symptom of PMS I thought for a really long time oh yeah you know you some people get pain some people don't but that's yeah. it but actually there's a there's a whole other load of symptoms and everyone's symptoms are different as well um but it's almost like, you know, yeah the amount of money they've spent trying to figure out how to create Viagra and the amount of money they've put into making men have reactions <laughs> yeah the lack of like research into women and their and their health and their yeah same um absolutely that's true yeah but hopefully that's starting to change hopefully fingers crossed yeah um... yeah and I've I've seen a lot of campaigns recently um to do with um yeah just women and periods and uh, everything linked with that so I think I feel like we are seeing some change but it's quite slow but hopefully we'll get there eventually the more people talk about it as well and the more normal it is that's really good. Um, have you have you had a lot of people since you've started doing your uh, fundraising say to you, oh, I feel the same? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Loads. Yeah. Like, a lot of people that are just like, oh, like I've, I kind of feel that way every month, but I just 
get on with it because I'm just told I have to get on with it. And I'm like, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, you do have to get on with it in life, but it doesn't mean those feelings aren't real and it doesn't mean you should shut them away. Like the most important thing you can yeah. do for yourself and for your mental health is to recognise the feelings and, and, you know, acknowledge that they're there and then, you know, manage them, not just push them away, push them away, because then that comes out in other ways. Like it used to with me, I would feel really anxious or depressed, but then that would come out as me being really angry at my boyfriend or kicking off at my family or, you know, arguing with yeah. me in school when actually it was just feelings of sadness and anxiousness that I should have been able to address in a different way had I known what they were a bit more. Um, and that's the thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. now around, you know, like right now is Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, there's a lot around, you know, helping other people. But I think there needs to be a lot more done to teach us how to recognise um, mental health in ourselves, recognise the feelings that we have so that they don't end up coming out in other ways, I guess, and people don't end up lashing out or um, behaving yeah. because of the way that they're feeling and because they haven't really been taught how to express it. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, I heard a thing on the radio, I think it was last year, that um, talking about postnatal depression, and I, I have no experience in this because I've, I've never had a baby, but um, the this lady on the radio was saying how the healthcare worker would come around and check if the baby was okay, but nobody asked her how she was. Yeah. I thought, wow, that's really, that's really scary. The thought you could go through labor and everything else and have this new life to look after and nobody's saying, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So and yeah, that, that, I mean, is, and that's so common. Postnatal depression is so common. Yeah. Like, it's, it's insane how, many people go through that kind of thing and are afraid to talk about it as well because of the stigma that's attached to it and because there's a lack of support available as well like and a lack of understanding and yeah shift I think in how things are done and hopefully that'll happen and hopefully I mean we're in the middle of a global pandemic at the moment but there needs to be some kind of support mm. for everyone you know everyone really from the people on the front line yeah. to the people that are you know having to sit at home all day weeks and weeks and weeks on end they're going to need some support at the end so oh yeah. yeah definitely so if anybody's listening and thinking that's me that's how I feel what would you advise somebody to do to help help themselves um I think IAMD which is the International Association for Premenstrual Disorders they're an organization they're the ones I'm raising money for on their website which is iapmd.org I think they are, they've got so much useful information and resources and they've got, you know, printouts of um, things you can do to help monitor your cycle. And they've got loads of even letters that you can give to your doctor to say, can you actually look into me having PMDD, like a proper well-written letter? Um, there's so much information on their website and it's really, really useful. So I would recommend looking at their website. They've also got um, kind of patient peer support and then that's how I found that PMDD group that we're both in on Facebook oh, yeah. um yeah so honestly like you said having the internet is so useful um oh yeah just search and look into it and read people's stories um and I think a big part of well a big part of me kind of understanding the diagnosis and getting through it was ha- having that information and knowing that I wasn't alone in it and you know, knowing that there was there was quite a lot of support out there once you really do look for it and find it. So it can be quite lonely at the yeah. start when you realise it. But then there's also these amazing light bulb moments where you're just like, 
oh my God, that thing that happened when I was 15, it was this. And, you know, when I kicked off and broke up with my boyfriend when I was 21, it was PMDD. Um, and it kind of gives you a bit of a, a, a bit of a, I mean, the, you kind of let go of the guilt a little bit of things that you might have done when you were younger and that you kind of yeah. troll about. You kind of let it go and be like, oh God, like it makes sense now. That wasn't me just being crazy. That was a condition that I've had and I've always had. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. Thank you. Um, how are you, how are you coping in lockdown in general? Are you all right? Yeah, I think um, I, so I, started working from home like three weeks before lockdown was announced just because my company we can work from home easily so they said if you don't need to go into the office just stay at home so I think I'm on my like I don't know 12th week of working from home maybe yeah yeah I've been so I've I mean the first couple of weeks were a bit meh but then I've adapted to it quite well and we live in apartment blocks and our balconies look down onto the same courtyard so I've like made friends with my neighbours and we've like been having parties and we've got a WhatsApp group. So that's been really, really nice. And oh, lovely. yeah, I live in quite an, I live in Cardiff Bay. So there's loads of different walks that we can do and I can go running in lots of different places. So I've been, been quite lucky in that sense. How have you found it? Because you're quite rural where you are, aren't you? Yeah, I've, I've been furloughed. So I'm not working at all. Um, I've been home for about, I don't know, is it like eight weeks? I don't, yeah. I've lost track of time. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> luckily um we've got we're in the countryside we've got a lot of nice walking routes which is I feel really lucky for yeah Um, the the place where we used to live was um in Scarborough right in the center and um, I'm just so thankful that we're not still living there because we didn't have any sort of outdoor space at all um it was just so cramped in with other houses noisy neighbors oh it was just not enough I feel I feel like I would have been really depressed if I was living there because the, we hardly had any windows and I feel yeah. like even just opening a window and getting light and air in the room it just makes you feel so much better yeah um, absolutely. I'm just, yeah I'm really glad we're not there anymore oh that's um, good so yeah even if even if you've not got a garden then there are go out to a green space or like you say make friends with your neighbors which is brilliant I saw um when I first started following you on Instagram, it was um, your boyfriend's birthday, and you put on that party with the um, <laughs> with the with the neighbors. Yeah, socially socially distanced party. Yeah, yeah. So that was really <laughs> actually. I, I wrote I wrote um, invitations to all my neighbors saying you're invited to David's thirtieth birthday party. Um, and like I said, dress up like you go into a casino. So like some of our neighbors were in tuxedos. People were in like beautiful ball gowns and stuff to come and meet us on the balcony at five o'clock oh birthday to him and then at six o'clock um a mobile dj turned up and played until nine um it was, oh. it, was it was absolutely insane and that was like quite that was kind of at the start of lockdown so um since then we've gotten into the daily mail we've been on bbc radio wales uh, we've been wales online in the news and stuff so oh. the police came as well oh um, lovely police came and they were like Sorry, we've had complaints from like the other side of Cardiff Bay about the noise, like what's going on, and we're just what? balcony <laughs> dancing. Um, and then <laughs> the DJ was speaking to them and basically said, "Look, I'm only here till nine. Um, and the police kind of mm. looked around and said, "Well, everyone's socially distanced. You're on a private complex. We can't really do anything. You're not breaking any rules. So carry on." And then the police walked off. Ah. The music started playing <laughs> again, like it was mad. It was so much fun. 
Oh, lovely. How many neighbours joined in? Uh, there was about, oh, there must have been about 40 of us. So there's 40 oh, wow. that looked down onto the complex and around half of them came out for the party. Like some haven't got anyone living in them. Some of them are quite elderly, so they kind of kept themselves away, but it was only for a few hours. So yeah, there was quite a lot of people. But because yeah. everyone knew it was his birthday, they were coming and like delivering presents throughout the day. So oh, every now and then that. we would have a text saying like, oh, there's a present outside your front door. So yeah, we didn't have to buy any drinks. <laughs> we had loads of bottles of like Prosecco and wine given to us, which was nice. Very kind. Oh, lovely. That's really nice. Yeah, because I, f- I keep feeling sorry for people that have got birthdays at the moment and they've just not been able to do anything. But there are things you can do, aren't there? Just like if you're a bit creative with it. Yeah, exactly. You don't like, have to feel so alone. Yeah, and like you can go out and buy balloons. Like I went to B&M and they're still filling up helium balloons and you can buy cakes and set up Zoom calls. And what I found as well with like doing all these Zoom calls, I mean, the quizzes are a bit much now. I've done too many quizzes, but <laughs> you're like but you're like sat face-to-face with people that you might not have seen in a really long time that maybe they yeah, yeah. That you haven't seen. And, and it's like you, you're suddenly sat chatting face-to-face with these people. And you're like, oh my god! Like, I know this is lonely, and we're doing it over the internet. But as soon as this is over, I need to actually come and spend time with you again because you know I miss oh, you really. Yeah. And it reminds you how much you miss people that maybe you haven't. Oh yeah, definitely. It's been nice. Part of it that is nice though, as soon as you hang up the Zoom Zoom call, you are sat in your living room and you can just go to bed. <laughs> you don't have to organise a taxi home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we've done we've we've it's been quite a few times that we've kind of been on a Zoom call for drinks and then everyone's kind of put disco lights on and someone's just put music on and then you can just see all these different people dancing in their living rooms um having a bit of a party and then yeah you just move to the bedroom next door and you're sleeping and safe and fast asleep (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i'd quite like this to come obviously i want to see people face to face but it'd be nice to continue this after lockdown as well because you i don't feel like i have that many video calls really in yeah. general but no. it isn't it is a nice thing yeah yeah it's been really nice and like with work and stuff as well i my office is in cardiff but we've got an office in london and brighton and i never see those people but now because we're doing it all over the internet i'm seeing people's faces that i've never seen before so when i do go back oh, to the office really? i'll be like oh. oh i know you because i've been chatting to you for the last 12 weeks on the internet <laughs> oh yeah that isn't it has sort of in ways brought us closer together I feel yeah in general absolutely um so you work for Visit Wales is that right yeah so I work for a marketing agency and we do the advertising for Visit Wales so um yeah bringing trying to bring people to Wales for their holidays although at the moment we've got a campaign that's all about don't visit Wales obviously at the moment (laughs) we are we are closed but um our lockdown rules are different in Wales to yours in England so yours are a lot less yeah, yours are less restricted. So we're still not allowed to go out and meet people. Um, we can't sit in parks. Like if you want to go to the park, you still have to be moving. Uh, yeah, so yeah. We, we still can't go to work and stuff. So yeah, you've, you've been let. I don't, know yeah. why they've got a di- I don't know why you've got a different rule though, because we are literally stuck to you. Wales is stuck I'm, to England. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. I'm confused. Like Scotland's different as well. And uh, yeah, it's not like um, Ireland where there's the sea in the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't yeah, it's mad. <laughs> no, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm still a bit, even though we've been told we're allowed to see people, I'm still a bit skeptical because I don't know. I just I don't want to risk anyone. So yeah, yeah, exactly. For now, I'm I'm not I'm not going to as much as I'm absolutely dying to see people. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna have a Welsh mentality for now and not. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best way to be. I've got friends that, like live in London and they like apparently it's just like come back to life and there's people 
going out and just being normal again, which is mad. Oh, no. I think it'll be a while before I'll feel like things can be normal. Yeah. Even after lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's different parts. It's different different parts of the country. So, like, I'm in quite close to the city, and so there's quite a lot of people out. But the other day, I went for a bike ride to north of the city to, like, a little village. And I was kind of, I parked my bike up and went for a walk. And it was it was so different because people were crossing the road to avoid you. And like, oh, really? like, like 10 meter distances between people and everyone was doing it. And I thought this is really strange. Like people are really, really going out of their way to avoid going anywhere near other people. Yeah. People will just, you know, keep their two meters, but walk straight past you. And there's quite a lot of people around. So I, do, so it must be different in different parts of the country. And I can imagine there's probably towns yeah. that, that are just like doing whatever they want. And there's probably towns that are not, and that are being really, really distant. So Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, it's strange. It does feel weird to not, yeah, to have to sort of like jump out of people's way. Yeah. But it'd be so nice to be able to hug someone again, I keep thinking. Yeah, I know. I know. I think it'll just make it extra special. Yeah, and like hold on to them to an extra bit, extra bit longer. And I guess when yeah. you see people, it'll be like, you'll really listen to them and like really enjoy your time with them. It's like the, the world has told us to pause reflect and yeah change our ways a bit more yeah yeah definitely I feel like I've um yeah reflected on yeah a lot of things in life recently because you get yeah. you spend a lot more time just thinking don't you yeah absolutely um so the other day you said um you did you used to do stand-up comedy yeah yeah I did <laughs> yeah what made yeah. you decide to give it a go um, I was working in a jeweler's and one of my colleagues' boyfriends came in and I was chatting to him and I said, what do you do? And he said, oh, I property and I also run comedy nights. And I said, oh, I've always wanted to be a comedian. And I hadn't, I just said it. Um, and he said, oh, okay, <laughs> you want to do a, I'm doing a show in a few weeks time. Do you want to do a five minute set? So I was like, oh my God, yeah, definitely. So wrote some jokes, did the set. And then there was a load of people that run comedy nights in the audience. And after the show, they said, who are you? one like never seen you before and two I'm running a show in the next couple of weeks do you want to come and do that so um it started to just spiral and people were like come do my show come do my show and I remember there was a week when I did a show every single day um and yeah I ju- it just it just happened by chance and then I did gig after gig after gig and I just, you know um I entered the Welsh Ensign Star yeah. competition and I got to the final of that which was good fun so yeah oh. I mean my last gig was Halloween not the last year the year before so I've not done it for a while yeah um well I've not done actual stand for a while but I still you know do different stuff and try and make people laugh it's just not because oh, <laughs> how long have you been doing it yeah that's really good um only since August last year not very long nice but um yeah I just wanted to try it and I just I'm I'm trying to push my comfort zones in general so I thought just and if I get an idea I'm just doing it <laughs> I'm yeah. not thinking about it too much I'm just gonna go for it yeah good so, You'll have to yeah come down to Cardiff I know, <laughs> the, I know all the bookers in Cardiff I know all of the um all of the club nights and stuff that they do so you'll have to come down and do some of the ah cool yeah oh yeah I'd love to um the only problem is where we live it's lovely but you're so out the way yeah of everything so it takes me ages to get anywhere but yeah when as soon as I'm allowed out I want to 
travel about a bit and uh, see different areas, go to different comedy nights and things. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So if anybody's listening and they'd like to donate to your cause and um, request a song for you to sing, how could somebody do that? So if they go to my website, which is tanyaspencekelly.com, there's the link to the donation page there and then you can um, message me directly through the website to request your song. Um, or you can visit my Instagram, which is Tanya Spence Kelly, and then the link is there in my bio, and the donation link is there too. And if anybody was worried about um, PMDD or anything to do with um, period symptoms, um, obviously always go to your GP if you're worried. But if you want to look online at information, it was iapmd.org. Lovely, and there are. Facebook groups you can join and information out there if you'd like to chat with anybody but yeah always consult your doctor as well yeah absolutely well thank you Tanya it's been lovely chatting to you thank you very much thanks for having me it's been really good lovely thank you enjoy the rest of your day and you thank you catch you later thank you very much for listening to this week's Tea with the Morale Queen with me your Morale Queen Millie Armstrong Clark who you can follow at Mill Comedy on Instagram and Twitter if you would like any more information about anything in the show don't forget to look up the websites that tanya suggested also i will put some links in the description see you next time now go put the kettle on bye